Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Break out the cherry wine and prepare to have your brain stimulated. We're finally taking a deep dive, or should we say skinny dip, into Jermaine Stewart's hit 1986 single, We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off. Does a man really want to be approached cool and romantically? Should we really take our time getting to know each other slow and easily? Should we all avoid showing up at Matt Kelly's house unexpectedly? We'll answer all these questions and more in this episode. continuation of the snooze you lose stuff that we've been doing and uh this is one that that you called and i I agree we're nearing 150 episodes the fact that we haven't talked about this is pretty ridiculous matt i have an important question for you before we get into it have you ever had a good time that didn't involve taking your clothes off here's what i'll tell you (laughs) me maybe two three years ago absolutely me living alone in this house wow. when the second I walk in the door, I'm like, it's naked time. Like, wow. nope, get naked and have a nap in the middle of the day. And it's wow. great. Wow. <laughs> like, well, 
I usually have my clothes on, at least, at least my boxer briefs. But this song, man, I, yeah, I can't believe it's taken us this long. This is one of probably 20 or 30 songs that I never get sick of this song. When it comes no. on, instant <laughs> mood booster. Every second of this song is so catchy. It makes me so happy. It's such a cool, positive message in a way. Almost funny in a way, but also yeah. I think it's cool. I don't have to take my clothes off to have a good time. No, and we'll get into we'll get into what take your clothes off means because there's a great quote. I, I hope you also found it from Stuart breaking down what he actually thinks the song is about. Because it's wow. more than just clothes. But Jermaine Stewart got his start as a dancer on Soul Train. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely did. I mean, he I thought it was cool. He was from Columbus, Ohio, moved to Chicago as a teenager, became a soul train dancer, and was the lead dancer for Shalimar. He wasn't yeah. a singer in Shalimar. He was a dancer in Shalimar. And Shalimar also featured Jody Watley, who I love some Jody Watley. That is some fall soup party playlist <laughs> material right there. <laughs> Are you a Jody Watley fan? I'm sure if I heard a song, because uh, the name is familiar, but I'm hold like, on. I don't know if I know How about this, this Matt? How about this? I'm looking for a new love, baby. Okay. A yep. new love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I a like good your one. rendition a little bit more, but yeah, I know that one. I mean, she also <laughs> sings real love. I know I want to have one. Real love. Gonna try to get some. Real love. Everybody needs one. Real love. Got to have real love. Jody Watley's awesome. She has so many good songs. Don't you want me? Some kind of lover. She's awesome. But she was good friends with Jermaine Stewart. They made music together. In fact, this was a this happens a, a lot later, but on the same album as we don't have to take our clothes off, the other minor follow-up single was a song called Jody, which went to number nine, and it was a song inspired by his longtime friend Jody Watley. I thought that yeah. was really nice. I saw that. I saw that. So Jermaine's success, though, did not come specifically from Jody, although I'm sure indirectly. Jermaine had a chance encounter, I guess, where he met Mikey Craig of yep. Culture Club. Yep. And Mikey Craig was like, why aren't you singing? <laughs> Mikey you... Craig was like, why aren't you in Culture Club? <laughs> <laughs> Look at how you're dressed. <laughs> yes, there are some facts to for sure. And Jermaine Stewart... Had some nice ass 80s fashion if oh I've ever seen it. God, it was... just listeners, take a few minutes and go watch. I mean, first of all, in the music video for We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off, Jermaine makes four outfit changes, all of them as amazing as the last. They, Which ironically, just... to do those four costume changes, he had to at one point take his clothes that's true. off. <laughs> so, he was got, yeah, I don't know what to deal with that. Uh, yeah, that's a good... Really good point. Yeah, but Jermaine actually sang backups on the song Miss Me Blind by Culture Club, which was a top five single. And then from there, Jermaine went to sign to Arista and he released his first album, The Word Is Out, in 1984, which the title track from the album was the single, which went to number 41. So we're not considering that like a hit. But did you no. listen to The Word Is Out? I didn't. I just saw that it did kind of modest. It did a lot better on the R&B charts than it did on the Billboard Hot 100. So I didn't. 
dive into that one. Well, the word is out is great. There's a music video for it where he's um, pursuing this woman, which, <laughs> you know, this is one of the most obviously gay guys I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen, but he's pursuing this woman in the video. And the main lyric that really made me laugh was the word is out that you and I've been getting it on, <laughs> which, which I thought was, <laughs> was a great lyric that the word was out there about it. But, uh, it showcases his dancing in the video and it is just a all around awesome music video. Then it was his follow-up frantic romantic in 1986, where we got, we don't have to take our clothes off the lead single that went to number five on the U S billboard 100. One of the biggest songs of the summer in 1986. Let's talk about this for a second. Cause not only did this hit number five on the billboard charts, it, it peaked on August 9th, 1986 on a, what I would describe a stacked top 10 yeah. list. I'm not sure if you looked into that. No. I'm not going to read all 10, but a few highlights starting at the bottom. Uh, Banana Rama's Venus was at number nine. Steve Winwood's Higher Love was at number eight. Ooh. Danger Zone from Kenny Loggins was at Ooh. seven. Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel was at number four. Ooh. Papa Don't Preach by Madonna was at number two. And the number one song was... Peter Cetera's Glory of Love oh from the Karate Kid. Oh, my God. That is the best top 10 I've ever heard in however, 150 episodes almost that we've done of this. That is the best top 10. So you just got to have an August 9th, 1986 party at your house one of oh these days. Oh, my God. Set my DeLorean to August 9th, 1986 <laughs> just so I can enjoy the radio. That is, that is an insane top 10. That yeah. is crazy. Those are the highlights. There weren't that many lowlights. That is a stacked, stacked card. So then, yes, this song comes out. It has a music video, which we did talk about briefly. Did you catch who directed the music video? No, who did? David Fincher. This was pre-director David Fincher's music video days. What? Um, so David Fincher directed a couple music videos. I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of his music video credits, but he directed some big ones as well. So some of the videos that David Fincher has directed, a lot of people forget he's not a music video director in the same way that like Michelle Gundry and Spike Jones are where they made these like super out there artistic videos. But he was like, when I read this list, you'll see there's a very distinct style that he brought mm -hmm. to music videos so he did sixth avenue heartache for the wallflowers judith by a perfect circle only for nine inch nails cradle of love for billy idol freedom 90 for george michael Ooh. straight up for paul abdul suit and tie for justin timberlake janie's got a gun for aerosmith and both express yourself and vogue for madonna a lot of dance videos that's what i was gonna say he had a lot of dance videos he had a lot of i would say at least Half of those videos are either just straight up shot in black and white mm. or they're like shot to look like aged footage. You know what I mean? Like he had like a very distinct style palette that he played around with that people hired him for. Dude, I mean, this music video, it's cheesy 80s in like the best way possible. As if this song didn't make me want to get up and move and dance as is. When I watch the music video and the whole band is dancing in unison while they're playing you know it's it's like a eight or nine piece band and Jermaine in his many outfits his first outfit being a white fedora with like shoulder length yeah. hair and uh you know the band dancing behind him he just looks 
amazing. What I really love about Jermaine that you will notice if you watch his videos, the dude is always smiling. Yeah, he's loving life. <laughs> he always seems so happy. I watched an interview with him where I, it was a guy that, oh, I forget, Don Simpson or something like that. This guy dressed in like a white sweater interviewing him about this new single being out and just Jermaine's just laughing, having a good time, smiling. Like, I can't help but love the guy. Every time I see him on screen, it just like puts me in a good mood. I agree. He is he is just full of joy and excitement. You sent me that top of Pops performance. Oh, yeah. Where, again, just like never slows down, big old smile, living and loving his life up on that stage. And, and honestly, like there wasn't, there wasn't a ton that we could that I could find anyway about Jermaine, which I think has a little bit to do with the slightly tragic end of Jeremy Stewart's painfully short life. What but, the hell did you just call him, <laughs> Jeremy Stewie? This is not- <laughs> yeah, J- Jeremy Stewart, Jermaine Stewart. <laughs> yes, uh, the pain. His his story is unfortunately painfully short. It gets cut short, and we'll get there. But I mean, the the bit that you can find about him doesn't say, seem like anyone had an unkind word to say about him you know like there's no like major dramas or controversies or anything just seems like the happy guy you're seeing in the music video was kind of just the personality he was all the time i think that's true from everything i watched and read about him i went deep into jermaine stewart for this episode because i was like i've waited long enough to find out more about this guy i've loved this song for so long i want to talk about the song before i tell you because apparently I know a lot more about him than you do. Oh, for sure you do. But I want to <laughs> I want to talk about this song a little bit more though. So Jermaine did not write the song. No. There were two two songwriters credited on that. But this song, whether he wrote it or not, I feel like this comes straight from Jermaine's heart. <laughs> I yeah. feel the, I just he he sings it so believably. It's not a word from your lips. You just took for granted that I want to skinny dip. A quick hit. That's your game, but I'm not a piece of meat. Stimulate my brain. I love that. That's such yeah. a good lyric. I'm not a piece of meat, Matt. Are you saying I'm not stimulating your brain enough? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> like Everyone looks at me and just thinks I'm a piece of meat, but you got to stimulate my brain. Look, you got to stop looking so good, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but the night is young, and so are we. Let's, Let's get, get to, to know, know each, each other, other better. better. Slow, Slow and easily. <laughs> Take my hand. Let's hit the floor. Shake our bodies to the music. Maybe then you'll score. I like that. You got to stimulate my brain. Then you got to stimulate my body through the art of dance. And then, and only and then, only then. <laughs> might you score. Um, but dude, so I wanted to read that because we get to this. So... This song, I don't know. Do you know the Gym Class Heroes song that samples this or Patrick Stump sings the hook? See, here's the thing. We have to take right a class off. So sexy. We have to put it on that. We have to take a class off to have a good time. Oh, no, no, no. I think I actually knew that song first before wow. I knew this one. Yeah. Okay. My point being, I like that song. My point being about that in their version is we have to take our clothes off. Like, okay. Yeah, they can't wait. <laughs> yeah, they can't wait to take their clothes off. But my point about that is, yes, the chorus of this song is amazing. It's a great interpolation of that 
chorus. But I think the catchiest part of the entire song is this pre-chorus. No, the pre-chorus is the best part. Yeah. Dude. So come on, baby, won't you show, show some, class some class why you want to move, move so, so fast? fast. Dude. It's like it's so good. It but it bleeds into the chorus so beautifully oh. too. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh no. We could dance and party all night and drink, and drink some, some cherry, cherry wine. Cherry wine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> which I th- which I think is another amazing lyric in this song. First of all, I've never even seen cherry wine. Cherry wine has never never been an option in my life. Cherry wine, I know this is predating it by like 30 years, but cherry wine sounds like, I, I'm pretty sure it is, something that Dr. Steve Brule says on Check It Out, like, cherry wine, <laughs> drinking some cherry wine or something. It's It's such a weird thing. And there is cherry wine featured in the music video. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. This song, just slow down. If you want me, a man wants to be approached cool and romantically. Don't come at me with the heat. Approach me cool and romantically. I love that. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with any of these lyrics. Not at all so far. This song is just everything I feel. Come at me slow and cool. Don't come at me hot like that. You know, I got needs just like you. Give me conversation, good vibrations through and through couldn't agree more yeah just come on baby won't you show some class i like classy people and i'm not talking about rich people i'm talking about classy people look if people want to take off their clothes and have a good time i don't think that's not classy i just think it's a different style it's just not a necessity it's not a necessity how about a how about a little air of mystery matt how about a little romance a man needs these kind of things i couldn't agree more with jermaine Going back to the music video, I want to talk about his four outfit changes. His first one, yes, the white fedora is a big part of the music video. It comes back later in the video when Jermaine's up in the forefront and some hands, just some hands, are trying to take the white fedora away from him, but he won't <laughs> let them. He, he's holding on to that white fedora as, as hard as he can, but he's, but he's having a good time, too. He's laughing, smiling, love it. His second outfit change, it's a big, all-white, long, flowy jacket, which incredible absolutely amazing third outfit jermaine lets his hair go wild and he's wearing purple pants it's like a whole purple outfit and then 
the fourth outfit, it's a vest look. And he has a tilted black cap on his head, which I, I really like too. Every outfit, more amazing than the last. In his interview that I saw, which you can find on YouTube without searching too far, he's wearing a zebra pattern suit. And it is it is the topic of conversation right off the bat in the, conversa- in, in the conversation. He said he had spent time in England and that when he comes back to the United States, he stands out. People don't dress like that. But he said when he was in England, he just blended right in with everyone dressing like that at that I time. I believe that. I yeah. think that's factual. So let me tell you the quote that I did pull from an interview that I, I thought was really interesting. As he said, I think we made a lot of people's minds open up just a little bit. We don't only want to just talk about clothes. We want to extend that. We want to use the song as an anthem to be able to say that you don't have to do all the negative things that society forces on you. You don't have to drink and drive. You don't have to take drugs early in your life. And girls don't have to get pregnant early. So the clothes bit was just to get people's attention, which it did. And I'm glad that it was a positive message. And I do love that perspective, that it's not just about taking off the clothes. It's like, you know, we can just have a good-ass sober time out on the dance floor enjoying ourselves with some cherry wine. (laughs) Yeah. So not not that sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we won't drive anywhere. Yeah, we just have a few sips of that cherry wine. Um, (laughs) Positive message. I love it. Jermaine's next album, Say It Again, came out in 1988. The lead single, the title track, Say It Again, it peaked just outside of the top 40, and it was his last single to chart on the Hot 100 in the United States. I like the song. Say It Again yeah. is a good song. Check it out. I like but it. He, but he did keep cranking out hits in the UK. It was just in the, the US. This is another one of those classic examples of the UK being way on top of what was going on with the good dance music, whereas the U S moved on. One of the things that I thought was a little, well, first of all, we'll say that a few of his songs did appear in some movies weekend at Bernie's. He he had the theme song for weekend at Bernie's. Wow. And then one of the songs from say it again, uh, was in the movie. She devil starring Roseanne Barr. If you remember. Oh, wow. I I remember it vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. But in 1991, he did record an album with Chicago producer Jesse Saunders, and they released the debut single, which was also going to be the title track of the album, which was Set Me Free. Yeah. But the song sold so poorly that to this day, the album has still never been released. Dude. And now, okay, we got to get into the sad stuff now. There's, I'm like, just watch interviews, watch music videos of this guy, and try not to love this guy. He yeah. is so likable. And then it gets so, like, the end here is so sad. So he, you know, so, yeah, that album was never released. To this day, it's never released. Just that first single. He suffered from liver cancer, like AIDS-related liver cancer, and he died at the age of 39 on March 17th, 1997. Um, From all his friends and everything, they said that even... After his diagnosis, he was always positive and smiling. And then this part boggles my mind. I don't understand. He died and was without a gravestone until Until 17 years later. Yeah, when when a fan anonymously bought it for him. That's insane. Why? I don't understand. I like... I don't know if that was a money thing, if that was a privacy thing. Like, 
I mean, I know that funerals are expensive, but I don't really think of the headstone as being like the giant cost in the whole funeral arrangement usually. I mean, I guess I'm saying that and what when honestly what I think about it is like everything about it is dumb, like gravestones, funerals, all that stuff. It's like you're gone, you're gone. Like that's one part of me, but at the same time, it seems like it, it was like a, a very negative thing that he didn't have one but maybe maybe i'm looking into it maybe too much maybe you're right maybe it was a privacy thing maybe me i don't give a shit if there's a gravestone for me after i'm gone i I, you know cremate me spread my ashes have a few drinks and have some conversation about me that's how i feel about it so i mean i'm so so now i'm currently googling the cost of headstones which they are a, a pretty wide spectrum but the most expensive ones that i'm seeing on here are still a, under 2000. It's like a 1200 to 1500 range for the really high end ones and like 8 to 900. So I can't imagine that it was a money thing. It may have just been a privacy thing. Um especially cuz unfortunately as much as it I think you and I were beneficial in growing up at a time when the tide still had kind of shifted at least a little bit on on LGBTQ stuff, but as someone who's currently rewatching Friends, if that's a hint of what the world's biggest sitcom thought about the gay lifestyle in 1997, it still was not exactly a positive one in the mainstream. So I could see maybe at the time being like, let's not put a gravestone up there because there could be fear that people would vandalize it and write mean shit on it and stuff like that. But when you get to 2014, we're in such a different place with that type of stuff that, that that type of fear is, I want to say invalid, but much lower than it would have been in 1997. Right. Obviously there's been a, a lot of shows since, and I'm not maybe not the person to talk about who does a good job and who, who doesn't. But I think that modern family does a really good job and why i say that is because that's a show that i see lots of people watching be it family members or whatever and loving who you know maybe wouldn't have been like wanted wanted to watch i don't know what i'm getting at here but i'm just saying like it seems like it's a good representation on that yeah that particular no. show i i think that that's i think that that's very fair i think i so there is a really great documentary uh, for anyone listening who wants to know more about this overall subject uh, from the mid '90s called "The Celluloid Closet." That is all about um, how homosexuality was represented in film as far back as the '30s, and it pretty much ends in because it was made in 1994. So their their big shining moment is like 1994's uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, but they kind of talk about how like. In the beginning, you were either hyper flamboyant or you were the villain in the movie. And the, those are like the only two characters you could get. And like they're interviewing like Harvey Firestein, all these actors saying like at the time it was just like whatever. At least I see myself in something, even if it is the villain or the sissy of the movie. Like there's a character that kind of looks and acts like me. But then it kind of turned into like. By 1994, they're like, okay, well, now we're getting depicted as normal people, but all of our storylines are that we have AIDS and we're dying. Like, right. like, it was this long road to finally get to a point where you have something like Modern Family, where it's just like, 
or two gay men can just be very loving parents that have right. the same right. marital issues as any other yeah. couple. <laughs> like, right. like, right. So, so Matt, what you're trying to say is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, when the the, uh, the PE teacher is like a... In a leather daddy club, yes. Yeah, yeah that, that, that wasn't the best representation. <laughs> the, yes, shockingly, that was not great. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, no, so we we do have, we've come a long way. I think that that could be a huge reason why maybe they didn't want the grave being easy to find in 1997, but by 2014, there was more of a reason to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's let people know where Jermaine's at. Let's let's let fans be able to come and pay their respects. And we're just totally guessing. This is, yes, <laughs> we this don't is really all speculation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of this show is speculation. We yeah, do right. research, but right. like... The, uh, to a certain extent, yeah, I don't know. Like y'all can read a Wikipedia page. It's way more fun for us to to try to guess with the with the limited information we Listen, have. Listen, everybody, you gotta check out Jermaine Stewart's Wikipedia. It is sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jermaine Stewart, Thunder or Blunder? I mean, I checked out a, a couple songs, watched a couple music videos, pretty much liked everything. Jermaine, this is definitely one of those ones where I'm like. The only blunder is on us for for only letting one of these songs crack into the top 10 honestly cuz there there was a lot of good dance tunes and as we said just I would love for every big pop star to just be a smiley happy kind good human being so like Jermaine Stewart should have been bigger I'm going to go with a thunder on this one Okay so here's what I'll say coming into this as a giant fan of this song. Like, honestly, probably... I wouldn't hesitate to put this in my top 100 favorite songs of all time. I love this song. That being said, there was not another song, and I listened to a lot of his catalog. I was cleaning, I was vacuuming, I was doing stuff yesterday, and I was just blasting the whole Frantic Romantic album and then select tracks from other albums... Nothing is as good as this song, but it's all pretty good. It's I was going to say, you spoke highly about Word Is Out and Say It Again. Yeah. Like, you didn't say that they were better than this, but they. No. Do you think that they deserve to be higher than they ultimately charted in the grand scheme of things? Maybe not. Okay. I don't know if those songs were memorable enough. They were very danceable, they were very 80s, and they were pretty good. And his album in general was pretty good. Like, I didn't hate that it was on or anything. I think that one hit for him was appropriate because this song was special. <laughs> I think that's about right. I think he should have had this one hit that elevated him and got him the top 40, you know, the the number five hit in, in the charts with Sledgehammer. Yeah, this song des deserves to be up there with Sledgehammer, two of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. And... Otherwise, I think he should have had a long career in the dance charts and um, as a great dancer. That's what, what he, he was. He was an awesome dancer and a cool performer, had this great song. I would give him thunder. I would say All right. thunder. There we go. There we go.
This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheat-In produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing the Punchline song Man in Black off their remix album Politefully Dead. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and upcoming news. We're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote for future episodes at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Hello out there! Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!